The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Coming up on Life Today, feeling rejected and unwanted because of her abusive mother, Alex Seeley began fighting for control and developed an eating disorder. I uh, got to 21 and I said, Lord, if, if you're really who you say you are, then you've lied to me because this isn't life and life to the full. I go to church every week and I'm not free and I don't like my life and I don't want to live anymore because if this is Christianity, then I don't want a part of it. Next on Life Today. Today, I'm Betty, and this is James. And we are thrilled to have Alex Seeley with us. She is a friend of Christine Kane, who's teaching this week on our program, and we love Christine. I mean, you are some kind of communicator. And uh, she actually told us about Alex and uh, that uh, what a blessing and kind of what a miracle uh, God has worked since uh, it's like, you know, you in Australia are sending all these missionaries up here to this very <laughs> needy country. And we agree. And you ask, actually let me know, and I want you to know I appreciate it, that you are praying for us because you really do believe that the United States of America has not only been a blessed nation, but has been an example of what happens when people are free and responsible free to be productive, free to live, not dependent upon some other source other than God and what they can do to bless others. And you feel like we may be losing that freedom. And if we lose it, it affects freedom all over the world and the stability and security. So we want to thank you so very much for your prayers. As a matter of fact, if you want to know what to do to correct the course, go to stream.org daily. Stream.org. I want you to make it a daily visit. And I want you to find something there every day that you Facebook and you tweet to others to get them there so that they'll go and learn because that's what we need to do. That's what the Australians are telling us. And they appreciate the stream. They let us know that. So get the word out. Would you wel welcome to Life Today, Alex Seeley. We're glad to have Alex here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You call a, a ministry, which most people would say it's a church, but you call it the belonging company in the uh, greater Nashville area, actually in Franklin, correct? Yeah, we, we started in Franklin, but uh, it's right in downtown Fra in Nashville now. Okay, now let me ask you this, because is that where, where the, you meet at Rocket, right? is it Rocket Town? Yeah. And uh, Michael W. Smith had something to do with that. He's been here many times. Well, he owns the facility that we, we rent every Tuesday night. Tuesday night. So yeah. you have like a church service, but you're not competing with all the other church services. Are you actually trying to encourage the other churches? Well, they actually, why it started on a Tuesday is because when we moved to Nashville, my husband works a lot with um, artists and writers and um, musicians. And we were finding that they were ministering a lot on the road in Nashville. Everyone kind of gets on a bus on Wednesday and doesn't get home till Monday. And so they were ministering and pouring out into the churches, but no one was plugged into churches and no one was being pastored. And um, we would just see countless people come through the studio just really broken, really needing people pastoring them. And uh, we've got a ministry background and I just saw the need and I just kept seeing people come into our lounge room just broken and just needing a breakthrough. And my husband was like, you know what, maybe we should just start a little ministry in our home just to bless them. Let's do some worship and some word and some ministry time and some fellowship with these creative people. And I was like, yeah, great. 
when? And he's like, Tuesday night. And I'm like, Tuesday night? No one's going to come Tuesday night. He's like, think about it. They get home on Monday and then they exit Wednesday. And uh, it happened. We had seven people on our first night. And we just thought, oh, this is lovely. But the power of God came so strongly that night. And um, the five visitors that we had got totally set free. And then week after week, we had knocking on our door, hi, someone told us about this thing at your house, can we come in? We're like, sure, come on in. And before we knew it, we had 90 people in our basement um, because people were getting set free, set free of addiction, marriages were being restored, people were finding Jesus afresh and they were getting filled and then being able to go and minister out of a full place. But I think talented, gifted people are under continual assault by the enemy. Yeah. He recognizes that as surely as anybody else does, and he goes after those people to distract them and, if possible, defeat them. He actually does that to every Christian. Yeah. Every person that can be a true expression of the love and life of God, the enemy is going to attack. He's going to try to distract you, deceive you, and defeat you, and if possible, destroy, first of all, your testimony, because it's really not you so much the enemy Satan is after, the father of lies, the murderer, the killer. He's actually after the purpose of God in our lives. He wants to destroy what God wants to do through us as a channel of blessing. And so people find themselves in defeat, and they're oftentimes confused by it. So here you are trying to help people in your home, suddenly it grows to the point, how many are coming now on Tuesday nights? We get over a thousand each over Tuesday. Over a thousand. Wow. Yeah, it's grown. And it started with how many? Seven? Did seven. You? Seven. seven. And then grew. All right. Yeah. Now, it's an amazing thing. How long has the, the service at the uh, Rocket Town been going? How many, how many months well, or years? Just 12 months. 12 months, so a year. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. So if you want to go Tuesday nights, you don't have to go knock on their door anymore. <laughs> you can go to the theater there at Rocket Town on Tuesday nights. What time do you start? 7.30. All right, your journey. You're from Australia. Everybody in Australia is not spirit-filled and love with Jesus and free, right? <laughs> no. Okay. okay, so you were there and you had some struggles. Yeah. which I think probably led you to care about other people who are struggling and who are defeated, Absolutely. correct? Tell our viewers what went on in, in Alex's life. Well, I was brought up in a Christian home, but it's amazing when you were speaking about the enemy wanting to uh, kill our purpose. And I believe he's got a one-size-fits-all plan for, for all of us, and it's to steal, kill, and destroy, just like it says in John 10, 10. But Jesus came to give us life and life abundantly. And so for me, the seed came when I was a child, and, uh, you know, you're sitting around the table and everyone's trying to find out, well, how did I come to be? And I was the fourth born out of four of the children. And my mum was like, oh, well, it's just such a funny story. You're a mistake. We didn't plan to have you. We that's, didn't want four. That's encouraging. Yeah. And, you know, and even though she didn't mean it, yeah, sure. it was the enemy's way of sure. planting a seed. And as a very young child, uh, I just believed I was not worth anything and uh, unwanted, insignificant. But because we grew up in a home where my mum was getting free, She'd been saved five years and she had her own issues to deal with. And so as a child, you don't know that. You just think your mum is your mum. You know, she <laughs> knows everything. She's the hero. But she was getting free and she'd had two nervous breakdowns growing up. And that uh, sometimes she was quite abusive verbally and physically. And so it reaffirmed the fact that I wasn't wanted. It reaffirmed the fact that I was in insignificant. And, and so I, I began to really self-hate and 
think I was worthless. And the enemy just kept saying, you're worthless. Why are you here? There's no purpose for you. And um, from age 11, 12, I developed an eating disorder and I was very, very broken. I had a lot of self-hatred. Uh, we grew up in a, in a home where the four of us, four of us children, were all struggling. And so my brothers got into lots of trouble. So the home was chaotic, to say the least. And uh, so it just, you know, you were, you're there to fend for yourself. And even though I went to church and I loved the Lord with all my heart, I couldn't get free of the self-hatred. I couldn't get free of the issues at home. And, and that's really where I just, became, I just un, became undone. And I just tried to navigate through high school, got into the wrong crowd and, you know, was the popular girl at school, thought that would solve everything, but really internally was very, very broken. So what, what point did you reach, uh, let's say, where you felt you had to, well, had to find some point of escape? I was 21 and really, really broken and I'd, you know, gone into silly relationships and that only perpetuated abuse and uh, got to 21 and I said, Lord, if, if you're really who you say you are, then you've lied to me because this isn't life and life to the full. I go to church every week and I'm not free and I don't like my life and I don't want to live anymore because if this is Christianity, then I don't want a part of it. And I sat in my room and I remember the Lord so clearly in my heart just saying, but you haven't given me your whole heart. Mm. And I was like, but, but I have. At 11, I gave you my heart. He said, yeah, I took away your sin, but you've not given me all the wounding and all the hurt. He goes, you've still got unforgiveness towards your mother. And I was like, oh, but, 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 but she did this, but she did that. And she, and I really had hatred towards my mother, which I didn't understand that I had it, but it was there. And, and I remember the Lord saying to me, would you give me everything? And I said, okay. I said, I'm giving you everything. And I'm drawing a line in the sand. So I drew a line literally in my carpet and I stepped over and I said, whatever it takes, Lord, I'll give you everything. And I met Jesus for the first time that day. I'd known about Jesus. I'd known all the stories of Jesus. I'd gone to church. I was even a youth leader in the, in the youth group, but I hadn't really known Jesus. And I remember at that point when I'd opened my Bible, something shifted. The Holy Spirit would, you know, leap words off the pages. And it was Psalm 139 that really went deep because he said, I knew you before you were born. I purposed you every day of them before they came to be. I knit you together in your mother's womb. I saw your unformed body. And that for me was, oh, my mum was just a vessel to bring me in this world, but you purposed me. And the healing began then, but it was really about meeting Jesus and having him deal with my heart. And a lot of my freedom came through forgiving my mum. Did you know after that happened that something very significant had taken place? Was it like a, a sudden visitation? People talk about being filled with the Spirit and God's love and His peace just coming on you. Did you, did you sense that something had really I taken did. place? I was, I, I still remember it to this day. I was sitting in my bed and I just felt waves of love and I couldn't stop weeping. You know, you can know, you can be in a meeting and hear a word and it penetrates here. But when something goes deep into your spirit and your heart and something shifts on the inside, I mean, I wept a river and felt when I came out from that moment, I felt different, I felt lighter and I felt I could see clearly. I felt loved for the very first time. 
It felt like I had well, purpose. You began to let God, God show you how He saw you and Absolutely. what He saw rather than what you had yes. seen. About you. you didn't like much about you. No, I hated but God me. told showed you how much He loved you. Yeah. Yeah, and then he would continually show me through scripture, you know, in Isaiah 49. I remember reading, just, you know, flicking back in the day when I would open the word and it would say, you know, even though a mother can forget her baby, I will never forget you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you'll never forget me. Like, I'm, I'm yours. And then, for I know the plans that I have for you. And I'd, every word became a true word as if Jesus was sitting right in front of me saying, this is how I see you. You don't need this anymore. You don't need this burden anymore. And the love of Jesus so consumed me that I became all out, full on for God and just wanted to tell everyone about him. And what you experienced too was so far from just a religious affiliation or association or even membership. And I really think so many people get associated with the church, which is where she was. Betty was a Sunday school teacher and a choir member. I had a a lot of the same experiences that you did, just trying to make myself good enough to be accepted and to Mm -hmm. be loved. Yeah, and she didn't really know the Lord. She Mm -hmm. came out of the choir to give her life to Christ after she had with her sister. Growing up in the church. Yeah. Yeah. And you sang the special music at the pulpit, just you and your sister that morning, coming out of the choir to do that. Then she came out of the choir to say, I don't know Christ. But you know, even when you know Christ and you've really come to know him, many, many Christians live, as I used to preach a sermon, called prisoners in the promised land. Mm -hmm. They are in the promised land. And Nehemiah 9, 36 says, behold, in the land that you gave us, we're slaves in it. You know, we're, we're being held captive. And that is where many, many people are. And I think what happened with you, you began then ministering when you got to Nashville. Now, how long after your freedom was it that you showed up over here as this missionary to Nashville? How, how many years later? Well, 21 was that pivotal moment. And, you know, it needs to be said too, it took me another 10 years to get free, completely free of my eating disorder. And I was a minister. I, I became a youth pastor in Australia in one of the largest youth groups in Australia. And I was still broken and still wounded. And that was a part of my heart that I still, I'd convinced myself that, well, as long as I've got control in this area, everything's okay. Because for me, it was a control issue. And even though I was ministering the love of Jesus to a 90% freedom, I was telling people about the love of God. I still wasn't completely free until I remember being at 31 and I just had my daughter. And again, just always being so leaned into the father that he would whisper and when he would speak, I would listen. And he'd been trying and trying and trying, but then it just gets, for me, it just, he gets to my heart. And he said, Alex, you need to still give me this one last moment because I still don't have control of you. And I was like, yeah, but this one I can manage. This one's become my friend. This one, this one makes me feel in control and keeps me safe. He said, Alex, if you don't deal with it, it'll be a generational thing that you pass on to your daughter and she'll die from it. And I remember just going, wow, this is serious. The sins of our fathers, we've got to deal with that. We've got to deal with our issues because if we don't, we just pass them on. And I remember laying it again at the altar during another line in the sand and getting free and getting help. We moved to Nashville when I was uh, 39 and I didn't want to be there, to be honest. We, we obeyed the call of God to go there. And I remember four months in, it was a very dry and barren place for me. And I just, I was like, I'm done. I'm out of here. This is not where I want to be. And I remember sitting at my dining room table and just getting in with the Lord. And I read this scripture in 2 Kings 2.19. And he said, when uh, the prophets came to Elisha and they said, Elisha, Elisha, the location here is good, but the waters are sick and the land is unfruitful. And he said, well, bring me a new bowl of salt. 
and when he put the salt in the waters, the waters were healed and the lamb became fruitful and is still fruitful to this day. And something again, went. it was like those pivotal moments right back when I was 21, 31, where the Lord was like, you're here for a purpose to clean the waters because they're sick, because people are broken. People are needing healing. People know about me. They don't know me. And I need you to bring a new bowl of salt. Salt brings healing. It brings purification. It brings flavor. And I need you to bring that to Nashville. And I was like, well, how? And he goes, well, who are you? Who are you without the church? Who are you without the paycheck? Who are you without the ministry backing? And I said, I'm a daughter of the King and I'm free. And he said, well, go spread the love. And I just began to love people. And um, just by connecting with people, starting to see brokenness and sharing my story, then connecting with them, it started to just snowball. And uh, here we have, you know, thousands of people that honestly, we get testimonies daily of people getting totally set free of things. Do you appreciate what you've heard? The honesty and the word of God. Would you just as a child, and we all come to God like a child, it's the only way you can come, childlike faith, would you just say, say, Lord? Just as Lord, that's who you are. Would you be Lord of all of my life, and would you set me free? Mm. Jesus, would you let me this moment step over that line, so to speak, in the sand, and say, I give you all of me and all the hurt and all the pain, the unforgiveness, now I will forgive. Now free me. Just, just have that conversation with him. I mean, fall on your face before him we are. Call out to him. You don't have to beg him. He's a father. You don't ask him for bread and get a stone. He's going to forgive you. And he will set you free. If you need someone to pray with you, you see the number there on the screen? It's a prayer line. You know how it got there? It was put there by love. It's paid for by people who love you. And say there's someone here that's here because they love. They'll pray with you. So don't hesitate to call. You know, Alex, I thank you for your testimony. I pray God blesses that Rocket Town Church, that Yay, uh, uh, belonging place, because I just uh, appreciate what you're doing and people that have been blessed of God, they need liberty and liberation as much yeah. as anybody. You know, one of the things our viewers have learned, and, and you've heard me say this many times to you and those of you who are here, if you want your prayers answered, seek to be an answer to someone's prayers. Mm -hmm. Really, how about that? You want the load lifted? Would you lift someone's load? Would you give them more than a sermon? Would you give them a shoulder? Would you give them a hand? I think you'll want to do that. I want you to listen to a very real heart cry. It's, you could call it a prayer. Certainly a need. It's a heart cry. If God hears it and we are his body and we want to send you this book, fearfully and wonderfully made about the human body from a medical perspective. Phenomenal, not a boring page in it. And see how we are to be the body of Christ. If you were Christ's body, you were expressing the Father's heart and you heard something, would we not, as the body of Christ, want to respond like Christ would? Well, I want you to listen and watch and see if, as a member of Christ's body, you'd want to respond as he would. Watch. This is Minu. Here in South Sudan, her name means heaven. There's little question that her mom believes this meaning about her, and it reflects the dreams and vision for her. But in Minu's seven short years, she has witnessed more heartache than most of us will see in a lifetime.
And can you wear down what Without your help, we will die. We're completely dependent upon you for now. We, we can't make it without you. The fact is, none of us really make it the way we should without God. Many of those precious people there were discovered with the need by missionaries who were sent there and set in place by God. And because the missionaries know that we here at Life Outreach and Life Today, because we've been there for 25 years and we've walked at their side, and in the very pits of hell and pain and misery and death to reach out with arms of love and join them. And they said, would you please go back and get people to help so we can stay here and not be empty handed and we can offer them life and a future and hope. And we've been doing it and millions of lives have been saved and millions of people have come to Christ and we've actually seen countries that were totally destroyed, resurrected. Incredible stories of change that need to continue. Sudan is just a tragic place. So many other places in Africa, they have terrible famine and drought and other issues and tension. They don't have the freedoms all over that continent that we have in so much of the United States and the world. But we have the life and love of God to share and, and we can give those people life. Here's what I want you to understand. We have the resources if we have the money to get everything to them and keep everything in place to continue to produce the food and to continue to deliver it and transport it. You've paid for trucks, hundreds of them. You've paid for aircraft to carry it. You've done that over the years. Now then, some of our friends have said, I tell you what, the, the situation is so great. We will match $400,000 that's given now. We will match that, which means that we can feed the 400000 plus the 25,000 that are in Sudan facing a critical shortage right now. If everyone will give, whatever they give, Betty, will be doubled. It's amazing to say $30, $50, or $100, we can feed three, five, or 10 children for the next months. But now with the double, the matching, for $30, we can feed not three, but six. With 50, not five, but 10. 
and with 100, not 10, but 20. So we have an opportunity to double the impact of our love expression right now. And I hope you will help us. This should excite you that what you give is going to be double to help help provide food and nourishment for these families that have been devastated by war and now they face the threat of death again through starvation if we don't reach out to them. Please join with us. And you know, that really was, that really was you might say, a heart cry and a plea, a prayer. I don't think that, that mother's just talking to us. I think she's talking to God. But as the body of Christ, and we want to send you the book that teaches about the body of Christ by showing us how this body functions. This is absolutely phenomenal. Philip Yancey and Dr. Paul Brand, I want you to have it. I want you to understand what heirs to the kingdom looks like. What does God want us to do right here, right now for his glory? What does he want to do through us? We want to send that to you to say, we want to bless you as you bless others and give life. And there are other gifts that we send to say, thank you, because you're giving the greatest gift, you're giving life. Would you right now go to lifetoday.org, make the gift God put in your heart, use your bank card, or you can dial the number, use your bank card like a check and say, here's what I want to give today. Please do it. Father, I pray everyone watching will be an answer to prayer. And I pray you answer their prayers and meet their needs as they reach out and touch these in such desperate need. In Jesus' name. Please go online, lifetoday.org, or dial the number. And remember, what you give will be doubled today. It'll be matched. Please make that gift. It'll have double impact. Thank you for doing it. Disease, malnutrition, starvation, all terrible human atrocities being faced every day by people living in remote and impoverished areas of Africa. And those at greatest risk are the children. This month, 400,000 children are depending on us for survival. And now in South Sudan, the suffering has intensified and our feeding efforts are desperately needed by an additional 25,000 children. As an answer to prayer, a group of Life's friends have set a $400,000 matching gift challenge for mission feeding. This means your gift today can have a double impact. $30 to help feed three children will be doubled to impact six children. $50 to help feed five children will be doubled to help save 10 children. $100 for 10 children will be doubled to help feed 20 children. And $300 for 30 children will be doubled to help feed and minister to 60 children. With your gift, we'll send you Heirs to the Kingdom, four powerful messages on audio CD or USB flash drive. You'll also receive the award-winning book, Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. With your double-impact gift of $100 or more to help feed 20 children, please request The Story, a running narrative Bible to help you engage with God's Word more easily. Finally, please consider a double-impact gift of $1,000 and request this beautifully framed canvas print of The Forest Chapel by the painter of light, Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. Well, in behalf of those whose prayers you're answering, Betty and I say thank you. And to Alex, we just say thank you for helping people get set free there in Rocket Town <laughs> in Nashville. And that's on Tuesday nights, 7 o'clock. Is that when you 7 30? And you might want to go and visit them. And don't you want to say thanks to God again and thanks to Alex for the testimony? Thank you, Alex. Thank all of you. Will you remember? Every day, pray, study God's Word, but visit stream.org. Open your mind to the truth that changes everything. God bless you. Thanks for watching.
felt like I'd been living in a cloud that I was kind of drifting my way through a decade. Tomorrow, best-selling author John Eldridge and his son Sam explore the journey into adulthood. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.